0: If you dare.
1: This is Live Bet Saturday on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, folks? Welcome in to another edition of Live Bet Saturday here on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Danny Burke, in his usual spot out there in Chicago. We are, of course, presented by BetMGM. Got a good show on tap for you today. First hour, Barrett Salee is going to join us, college football analyst over at CBS Sports, get his thoughts on uh, not only what this day is going to entail from a college football perspective, uh, but big picture stuff, including Danny. We are staring the ma- like right in the mouth of a three-team college football playoff, three SEC team college football playoff. I would love to see how viable that is going to be if things play out, as we maybe might get uh, later this year. But what's up, buddy? What are we sweating out today? What are you feeling, huh?
3: Oh, man, you know, I I was looking into this week, JVT, and I wasn't as inclined to get involved really until this morning just to kind of see where some of these line movements were going to shape out. But I got one game in the early slate. Uh, I am torturing myself here and willing to sweat out the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers coming off a of bye week. Their four-star quarterback may be back in the mix after getting injured at the beginning of the year. They take on the Hoosiers. You saw this open pick went up to his highest three with the Scarlet Knights. I ended up laying about a buck fifty-six on the money line with Rutgers. I, look, they've been a pretty... I mean, you do, now I'm not going to say they've been a good team or anything, but they can play opponents tough and opponents that are in the similar or obviously inferior skill level. And the Hoosiers have been pretty dang bad. I know uh, that their quarterback can have occasionally basilic. He can have some good throws here and there, and he's been racking up the passing yards, but he's a turnover machine. I believe he's got eight picks on the year. So uh, I think Rutgers coming off the bye, getting their big name quarterback back in the mix in their homecoming game. Have A good shot today, so that's what at least I got for the early slate,
1: yeah. So for me, uh, 353, 354, Syracuse and Clemson, uh, they're gonna kick off here any moment now. Uh, that's where I'm at here early in the morning because you know, Danny, I think we've talked about Clemson quite a bit on the show. There's been a couple of the early games where I've been on Clemson. Uh, the last time I think they played in the morning was um, that Wake Forest game in which I yeah. was sweating out and watching that one. Since then, Danny, this is a team that's been ripping off wins and covering games, and DJU has been playing very well, but the market has been oddly low on them. You even go back to last week, the Florida State game, where they're only laying three and a half. They only closed at four and a half. They win. They came relatively comfortable. Uh, in the fourth quarter, they give the Seminoles uh, they, uh, some leeway to get back into it, but still, uh, that was not a final score, which indicated how dominant that performance was for Clemson. The Boston College game, where I think they closed as about a 10-point favorite, won that one to 3 The market's had this weird relationship with Clemson where – Ever since that Wake Forest contest, it's been kind of down on Clemson and yet not really accounting for the fact that this team has gotten better since that and healthier. That's the key term. So I, I like 13-and-a-half. This thing's is going to close 14, so we'll see. And this is the interesting part, too, Dan. If you look at the look-ahead lines that DraftKings had up, which we go over on Sundays, they actually had this Clemson 16-and-a-half, and-, and yet the opening here this week, 13-and-a-half stayed there pretty much all week. Some of it has to do with Syracuse, uh, but Ellie and I were just watching where Wagner plays, which is one of Syracuse's dominant victories, uh, and it looks like a stadium no better than the one that Bishop Gorman, the high school here, plays in. Uh, I just do think that this is a Syracuse team to kind of bring in the other side that might be a little overvalued given a very weak schedule.
3: Yeah, and like you talk about some of that late line movement. I mean, now you're seeing consensus 14, even one book out by you has 14 and a half, but I know you've been kind of harping on this with Clemson, a team that still is relatively undervalued, and maybe you're getting a good price on them on a consistent basis in terms of looking at the spread, especially against the Syracuse team. Like you said, JBT, I mean, yeah, they're ranked 14th. No, they haven't suffered a loss, but when you really look at their strength and schedule, I mean, you barely got by Purdue, and look, Purdue can have some solid offense here and there, but that was at the beginning of the season, so I don't know how much you want to take away from that. Uh, getting a win against a banged up NC State team. All right, you beat them 24 to 9. You know, tip your cap. You did the job. But at the end of the day, yeah, if you're getting under 14 pre-flop, I think Clemson would be the right side. And now that it got to 14, I, I, personally, I'll just wait to see if I get a better number at in, at some point because I do think, obviously, this is going to be you know, that come-to-reality moment for Syracuse. And, uh, yeah, maybe there will be a spot to get a better number. But, you know, I'll, I'll first and foremost root for Clemson to get out to a big lead for your bet, my friend.
1: Well, I will root for you, my friend. Uh, but rough start here. Is this a returned... Kickoff for a touchdown. Indiana has six. <laughs> that uh, sounds on the about board. right. Indiana has six on the board, 14-49 left to go in the first quarter. Uh, I did not see what was happening. My screen's not at least telling oh, me what happened yeah. on the drive, but it's an early touchdown, a very early touchdown for Indiana, and whatever it was, it's going to stand uh, as they are going kicking the extra point right now. So early score uh, <clears throat> off to a just tremendous start here for us uh, <laughs> on the program. Six-nothing, now seven-nothing in favor of the Hoosiers. Hey, you're fine. What was it, Money line. Yeah, money line. It's just, that
3: was uncanny. I mean, I, you know, I said I'm going to suffer with sweating on Rutgers. First play of the game. Happy homecoming. You're down 7-0 to Indiana right out of the gates. But, hey, now maybe you could jump in if you want to sweat alongside with me. No, nah, I don't think you would.
1: Uh, uh, well, for, well, we'll, we'll update the in-game market, yeah, because that is a key moment here. Because, look, I, I would say this. So we were on the air last Sunday when it looked like Aaron Rodgers had thrown an interception uh, on the very first play or a pick six and it was a ridiculous play, right, where it's like scooped up on the grass and ultimately returned because it got bounced up. It it didn't hold, but my overall point, Danny, was if it's a ridiculous play or a play that didn't come from offense, right, or sustainable offense, things like that, if it's like an opening kickoff return for a touchdown, something that we're seeing here, it's not the worst thing in the world, and especially it's kind of a little bit of, like, variance, right? So... You might be able to get a cheaper price on a team that came into this on this, you know, Rutgers as the small favorite. So you can look at that and say, hey, maybe from an in game standpoint, after a ridiculous high variance play that's probably not going to replicate itself, you can get a cheaper price here on Rutgers.
3: Definitely. And Again, you know, you kind of knew what you were going to get with both of these teams. There is going to be some sloppy football, especially throughout the Big Ten, where sometimes you have to rely on special teams points. But, uh, you know, Rutgers just playing a little strategy here. You know, they didn't get the coin toss, so They just wanted to get it back as soon as possible. But now we'll see uh, what the Scarlet Knights can generate on offense. Again, we'll see if Wim's at their uh, four-star quarterback, is going to be in the mix. I know they have a group that uh, Shiano said he was going to, you know, work with. So we'll see who they throw out there to begin. And then if they're going to kind of go with the tandem of the group or stick with one guy. So that's, what's going to be kind of interesting to see as well. But yeah, I I haven't seen a line right now. I'm not sure if you see one on your screen. I'm waiting to see something pop up, but uh, yeah, curious to see what that adjusted to.
1: Yeah, And when that gets there, I will update it. So I want to bring you to one game um, and get your thoughts because Initially, when you see a spread of 39.5, it's not a game that is really worth watching or maybe even betting into, but I do think that there are probably a lot of people, Danny, who find themselves to be UT Martin Skyhawks fans today, mainly for just blind betting the letdown spot here for Tennessee. Do you find yourself in this camp that the Skyhawks might be pretty live because Tennessee is still celebrating after ripping down the goalpost and taking out Alabama last weekend?
3: I guess to a certain extent, maybe Um, it's really hard to gauge, I guess, because this has been that was arguably one of the greatest college football games that we've seen in quite some time. And, you know, probably the biggest in or if not one of the biggest, obviously, in Tennessee program history. So uh, how I I guess really you got to put stock in how is the coaching staff going to get this team prepared? Are they a coaching staff? that is going to kind of bask in the glory or the team that have their sights set higher and know they still have to get up and ready for this game. I mean, at the end of the day, all they're trying to do is win. They don't care about covering 38 and a half. So, um, you know me, I'm not someone who wants to lay that much in the first place. I I wouldn't talk anybody out of taking 38 in the hook. I guess I would gravitate more toward that. If anything, JBT or really what you could do is look for a first half bet. If Tennessee does kind of flip the switch in the second half, and if it's a wake-up call, because at 38.5 for the full game, you're still going to get a huge sum of points towards you in the first half. So maybe that would be the alternative look to consider, assuming that in the second half the
1: volunteers would figure it out. Well, your uh, your Scarlet Knights have converted a third and short, so they're driving for you, buddy, huh? Everything's going to be fine. It's an early start. Uh, (laughs) By the way, Rutgers minus one and a half in-game live uh, as we're talking about the adjustments here. If you wanted to get in, uh, and actually now – Look, we we're looking at a. I don't know. I don't want to say it, Danny. Uh, they just flipped to a small underdog, so maybe we'll see what happens on this Uh-oh. next play. <laughs> <take a> <laughs> that is, can I say, look, this is a tough part about in-game wagering, especially if you're not in a spot where you know, like if you, especially if you're watching like for a streaming service, whatever it is. We've covered this extensively mm-hmm. on the network, but since we're on the topic, I mean, monitoring the in-game markets gives you an idea of where the game is headed, and uh, one of those things where you're looking at a play, and it doesn't have to be like a turnover, but it just could be a negative play on like a second and nine, um, something of that nature, where you're like, oh. Why has this line flipped? Okay. Brian. And then you see it a couple of seconds later. Uh, let's see. Monterey Baldwin is in the end zone, 17-yard reception. So Baylor is up on top, 6 nothing over Kansas. Uh, this game, from a closing line standpoint, it looks like we're going to get Baylor, I think. What do we got here on my side? Uh, my my screen's not loaded. I'll get that number for you shortly. But I wanted to bring up something about this game because I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of people were surprised, Andy, that this total started dropping. But Baylor, Kansas, a lot of these Big 12 games are in the midst of, like, this really big kind of wind system that is out there in the Midwest or, you know, south and, It is going to be something to monitor because a lot of these Big 12 games, we're seeing some lower scoring, uh, some lower totals on them. But weather is a big factor. Some of these games have a lot of wind in in these contests, and that affects the total more than precipitation. And I think a lot of people look at some of these low totals and go, what the heck? Like, Kansas, Baylor, why is this total dropping the way it is? It's because weather has been a big factor of it. And I was talking with Brad Powers earlier this week. you got to watch out for some of these, including some of these Big 12 games, because weather has been a pretty big factor.
3: No doubt. And in the first place, I mean, you're not really trusting these college kickers. So the wind's obviously going to impact that more than it would. Not that, you know, getting field goals and extra points is going to be a huge cost to totals going over. But it certainly doesn't hurt your uh, situation there if you like the over. But yeah, really, any time I've looked at a bet in football, college or pro, and I'm like, why is this so low? What am I missing? Nine times out of 10, it's because you're missing something with the weather. So uh, yeah, something to keep an eye out for as we do see Baylor up 7 nothing. Uh, JVT I'm a little I'm a little uh, curious here your stance on that game because usually even if you don't have a pre flop bet involving Kansas you're always intrigued by their matchup you didn't see anything that stood out to you for this game
1: no because you know what it, it has It has worried me how poor Kansas defense has been for a while now and uh, we saw it against Oklahoma and it fell right on 10 right. Uh, And so you got to push there. It's a similar number here. I think you can make the argument that Oklahoma and Baylor do power rate as very similar teams. So I don't think there's really a big argument for the number. Uh, It's just when you're talking about a team like Kansas, as much as I enjoy them offensively, there is something to be said of their defense really allowing teams to get up and down the field. And I think the key difference here is I would rate uh, Baylor as the better defensive team than Oklahoma, even though we did see them kind of scuffle around with West Virginia on that weeknight game. I think that's what kind of got me out of this, you know?
3: I hear you, man. I hear you. By the way, Ohio State almost threw a pick. I almost intercepted it, but Buckeyes settled for a field goal, so they're up 3-0 against the Hawkeyes.
1: All right, we'll come back. we got plenty left to get to. We'll get some of these big game breakdowns. It's not the best of games in this Saturday, but it's a great show. Live that Saturday.
0: If you dare. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. This is live bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. v pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you haven't subscribed yet, why not? v has a mid-season offer to make you a smarter, better. Sign up now for just 99 bucks. Get v pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. Get everything we have to offer, 24-7 live shows, and more in our subscriber-only betting guides. College Bowl season, college basketball, Super Bowl, plus the ones that are already ready to go. The NHL NBA World Cup's coming, too. Best bet in the game. 99 bucks, Visa and Pro, through the Super Bowl. Sign up now, Visa.com slash subscribe. Okay, so two things to update here. Um, first of which is Daniel Syracuse and Clemson. So Syracuse gets held down to a fourth down. So they had a fourth and six. It's a fourth and eight, I think. Um, it had to have been a fourth and eight because they missed the kick. It actually came up short, but they're back on the field for a fourth and three, but that pass is swatted away. They went for it, so they're not going to come out with anything on a first drive that was very successful, and a rough start for Kansas, but then those are the updated numbers. Clemson, 11.5-point favorite, total of 48.5 over at BetMGM. Uh, Kansas, on their drive, after giving up the touchdown to Baylor, uh, Richard Reese is in the end zone, 14-yard touchdown rush for Baylor. Why? Because Kansas turned the ball over, Fumble that gives up Baylor territory and, like, excuse me, gives it to a Baylor in Kansas territory about the 17 yard line or so. Baylor already punches it in. So, a rough start for the Jayhawks, two plays in, and they are down 14 0. It looks like we're waiting for the extra point. Yes, indeed, it is good. So, 14 0 lead for Baylor and a scoreless drive for Syracuse. A rough starts for these two teams.
3: Yeah, not great right now. I'm seeing Clemson, though. Kind of back where you got it, 13 and a half, yep. oh, minus 120 on the juice, which you got to lay. Uh, total 47 and a half, minus 650 money line for Clemson. Hughes catching four to one on that side. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably wait a little bit still, see if we can't get something better. Uh, JBT, I'm watching this Indiana-Ruckers game, obviously, because I'm sweating that one out. Uh, Indiana got a big penalty, first and 20 yet. Do a little screen to the running back, no problem. Pick up the first down, and uh, the Hoosiers are already cruising downfield. So not looking great early on here for my Scarlet Knights bet. Come on, terrible homecoming thus far.
1: Watch out, Skyhawks get a first down, although Tennessee did um, score a touchdown on their opening drive. So uh, the uh, Volunteers... Not in danger, I would think, of falling short. Uh, Your game, Indiana Rutgers, by the way, Indiana 7-0, 4.5 point spread over at BetMGM. Now 5.5 with a total of 53.5. That would be the game lines, and then first half lines are updated too. Indiana 7.5 point favorite in the first half. So let's take a look at some of the big games of this weekend, and uh, we'll update these games as they move along. Let's start with uh, the SEC matchup. Ole Miss taking on LSU. Uh, This one's going to be pretty interesting, I think, because – uh, you watch this all Misty, Danny, and I do think that, especially last week, there are times uh, they leave a lot to be desired, man. And, you know, you let Auburn back into that game. You had a comfortable yeah. lead, but Auburn comes scrapping back in, and sure, uh, everything's fine. You win. You move on. Uh, but that is a little worrisome, and now you get LSU, a team that the market, I mean, seemingly respects quite a bit, or at least as much as you can, Uh, What we've seen from them, and you see it again in this game, right? Clemson or Clemson. Circa uh, opened up this one, Ole Miss minus two. We had that flip on Sunday. Now LSU about a one, one and a half point favorite, depending on where you shop for your numbers. Uh, That number there that I'm referencing, courtesy of BetMGM. Uh, And I kind of get it. I think when you look at Ole Miss and what we've seen from them, the one thing that worries you defensively, they've been kind of average, a little below average And I think that LSU is going to come in with the mentality that, look, Auburn had some success offensively. You let them back into it. We're a pretty undervalued team by the market standpoint. Now we're favored. I I I understand and I agree with the market move here that LSU is favored in this game.
3: Yeah, I think I'd have to agree on that side as well. One of those spots where, you know, all the public looks at this ranked team and Ole Miss who's undefeated, yet the line's moving the other way and you're scratching your head going, well, what's happening? Well, you look at Ole Miss, and as great as their defense has been, I know, JBT, you and I had the one segment when we were pretty much saying, is this legit or is this just kind of, you know, because of the favorable schedule at the beginning? And, well, I mean, they went up against an Auburn team that you probably should have limited a lot more, so they were able to claw back. Ole Miss hasn't played that great of an offense yet. And now you get an LSU team that does have a quarterback in Daniels that, look, can sling it. I mean, he's only had one interception this year. Ole Miss is allowing over 200 passing yards per game. So now you're really going to get this legit test on the road in a tough SEC matchup. Uh, I think I would lean toward LSU-JBT. I, I don't know if I'm confident enough to make a bet pre-flop, but I think the right side here would be the Tigers. you got to think Kelly's got to get one of these signature games here early on, whether or not you think he uh, is a good coach to have on your side, but he knows football. He knows how to win in big spots, at least in the regular season, and this would be a great one to have in year one for him against this red-hot Ole Miss team.
1: Yeah, and to your point, too, Jaden Daniels, uh, who is their leading rusher, he has been really good as a passer as well. Really limits turnover where he plays. has only committed two in the last four games for them. Uh, Has graded out very well as a passer. Each of the last two contests, that would be Tennessee and Florida, Uh, and as a runner as you mentioned, uh, offers quite a bit, at least, and it's not like Big numbers, right? He's only rushed for over 100 yards two times this year, but it's effective when he tries to do it or when he does it, and they will run some designed runs for him. Uh, up to this point this year, I've got by my count, this is courtesy of Pro Football Focus, uh, 21 designed runs to 37 scrambles, so there's going to be just uh, some designed runs uh, for Jaden Daniels here, and he can make the most of them. And I'm really curious to see what Ole Miss defensively looks like because uh, I do believe in them offensively to a certain extent. I kind of still right. like this defensive line for LSU, though, and their ability to get after it, so... I do think that the market got this right, making LSU a small favorite. I don't think there's much separating these two, and I think we saw that Ole Miss has some things uh, left to be desired there. By the way, South Point line, a game of the year, it was right in with the opener. The South Point game of the year line was Ole Miss minus two on the road. Ole Miss opens up a two-point favorite on Sunday, but now they're catching one and a half, two on the road against LSU. Let's go to the Pac-12, and we we'll actually go to that second game right there. UCLA on the road against Oregon. Oregon game of the year line, eight. We're sitting at Oregon minus seven, some spot six, uh, but seven would be the uh, number via BetMGM right now. Uh, so what do you make of this? I'm curious. I'll throw this to you because I, I I wrestle with this because I do think that UCLA, like in a vacuum, deserves a little bit more respect here, but we have seen situationally in college football you know, when teams have to go on the road and a different change of environment, especially in some of these early games. I, I keep going back to that BYU game, Danny. Remember when they had that night game against B- Baylor, They end up winning that game. They were banged up. Then the next week they went early start time to Oregon. It's a completely different environment and they got smacked in the face. This kind of does remind me of that. I think UCLA is a good team. I think power rating wise, they're better than this number would indicate, but situationally, I wonder what it's like after two big strong home games now to hit the road after an off week to go to Oregon.
3: I think that's the most important part you got to consider, right? I mean, as great as UCLA has been, they've of course been exceeding their expectations, but they really just had a very tough road to get here with the last two spots. Yes, they are coming off a bye week, right? So that's going to help. Uh, but, you know, you got past Washington in a close game. And then Utah, of course. And those were high-scoring battles, right? 40 points full times UCLA scored, but they allowed 32 in each of those games. So you're probably, as indicated by the total, expecting a lot of points here. Around 71 is what we're seeing I think if you're expecting it to be the shootout type of game that this total is telling you right now and you do like Oregon, but you're not necessarily in love with Lane seven, then you're probably going to get a great in-game spot if it's going to be a shootout back and forth type of battle. And I think that's going to be the better strategy to have here, JBT, because even if you know you kind of lean toward one side but you're not entirely sure, you'll get an idea of the rhythm. You'll get an idea of what kind of situational play calling you're seeing, how aggressive both of these teams are going to be, and who can establish a dominance on, on the line of scrimmage and get that run game going. So this seems like it's going to be one of those spots where you should just take the wait-and-see approach because it's probably going to be volatile going back and forth. But you'll get a good read based on an eye test, of who's getting really the again, the dominance in the trenches in the most important parts and who will end up pulling it out at the end of the game. So I, I do lean Oregon. I, I think they I mean they're coming off the bye week too. So look, they've got time to prepare, and it seems like it could be a game where UCLA gets exposed to a certain degree. So lean ducks waiting for a good in-game number. I think this will be the best in game betting spot of the day. And uh really quick JVT, I did just want to update. Uh so I told you, you CJ to. Stroud almost threw a pick. He got sacked, lost the ball. Iowa getting points from the defense once again, baby. Hawkeyes up 7-3 to three over Ohio State.
1: I thought you were going to go to another Big Ten game.
3: Uh, well, yeah, I didn't want to update
1: that Okay, one. I was going to say, you didn't have to. You didn't <laughs> have to. I'll do it for you. Uh, Indiana up 14-0 over Rutgers right now. Hey. So we will, we will get an update on uh, uh, where that in-game market is, too. So there's actually a couple of scores we should give you here. First off, Will Shipley into the end zone. Uh, one-yard touchdown run for Clemson. So they are up 7 nothing. Uh, 8 or 9 left to go in the first there. From an in-game standpoint right now, Clemson 19-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 52-and-a-half over Syracuse. Remember, Syracuse had an opening drive that was potentially going to end at a score, ultimately fall short after they decided to go for it on a fourth down after their missed kick and penalty on a previous fourth down. Other score updates to give you very quickly here. Uh, Skyhawks, Sky-whatevers, uh, UT Martin in the end zone, 7-7. Tennessee tied here with UT Martin. 9:05 left to go in the first, so early on, maybe just maybe, Daniel, uh, we do have a little bit of a a lull, a slow start there for Tennessee. And uh, the update for the game that you were mentioning, Ohio State and Iowa, 24 and a half, the spread in favor of. I'll let you guess. It's the Buckeyes with a total of 50 and a half. Last 45. You got anything from an in game standpoint that would make me want to look at it? I haven't really watched Indiana and Rutgers. Has this been some unsustainable stuff, or is this uh, Rutgers being bad?
3: Well, obviously, you had the kickoff return for a touchdown. Rutgers had some good tackles defensively, but Indiana still had open receivers on pretty much every play. So uh, we need to get a score or at least see some movement out of Rutgers offensively, and even if they get stopped, then as long as we can kind of see the progress on that side of the ball, it may be worth the bet, but I pause for now and just wait, but I am kind of hoping Ohio state doesn't score and we could get a better line on the Buckeyes. Wouldn't count on it.
1: All right, we go to the big 12. When we come back, Texas has a big road game against Oklahoma state and uh, Kansas state on the road against TCU. Some massive matchups in that conference today. This is live bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. Jonathan Von Tobel, Danny Burke, with you here on Live Bet Saturday. Uh, can I just say really quickly because we're watching college football? Um, this is Danny. So I'm a winter guy, right? I'm a big guy, so I think that's why I like winter. Uh, but I just like winter in general. But, you know, it's I'm a. This might come surprising to some of you. I love Christmas. All right, I'm a really joyful kind of guy. The family get it all together. Like winter weather, but also. This is the best time of the sports calendar. We were just talking off the air. uh, Clemson gives up a touchdown to Syracuse. Tucker's in the end zone, so we'll get an update on that live score Mm. as it's about to be 7-7 potentially with an extra point coming. We have the UFC 280 card coming up later today. The baseball postseason's underway. NBA's back. NHL's back. College football. NFL tomorrow. How is this not the best time of the year? I don't even know what to do with myself
3: fantastic right it gives you a good excuse not to have to go out and uh you know feel bad if you're not making any plans Be or your anything. your dad you could just right stay yeah. In. yeah there you go yeah you stay home with your kid Jbt, you got the tv going you got your apps in your right hand you know whatever it is and you're just firing away so uh can't complain about it baby we love it
1: all right seven two seven this game is all tied up clemson gives up that touchdown drive so we got five thirty ish left to go in that first quarter we'll give you an in-game update but Danny, i'm going to give you the floor here Uh, As you are the creator of our pro tip for this hour.
3: Yeah, so our decent pro tip for this hour, we were kind of harping on it a little bit uh, with that Pac-12 matchup that we're going to be seeing with UCLA and Oregon. If you like a team, but you don't really like the pregame number that much in this instance, I lean toward Oregon, but I'm not infatuated with laying a seven point spread with them. Just have some patience and wait for the in-game number. You're seeing a high total at 71 for this game. We're expecting it to be a shootout, which means there's going to be a lot of points, which you would assume is going to have a lot of volatility, and the lines are going to be shifting so much throughout this game to where if there are going to be a lot of points at some point in the game, Oregon may be tied up late they may be trailing thus you're going to be getting a better num- uh, a better number with a team like the ducks so again it's okay to have some patience understand the rhythm see who's going to be dominating in the trenches set yourself up for success gather more info and intel and then look to make the proper wager there's your pro tip jvt
1: um i want to update a couple of things Uh, This is actually breaking news in the NFL, so I know we're live that Saturday, but these are very important things. Uh, This just comes down 12 seconds ago. Russell Wilson officially out for the Denver Broncos, Uh, so it does look like Brett Rippin. Actually, it is. Yeah, Brett Rippin is going to get the start, according to Adam Schefter. So, Russell Wilson done, and uh, I would assume that the Broncos are probably going to go off potentially as a small underdog. The market does this weird thing where they get officially official news and react uh, Denver was a one-point favorite here. It'd be interesting to see if the Jets go off as a road favorite tomorrow against the Denver Broncos. Even it just being a point, the Jets being a road favorite against anybody is pretty funny, given what we thought about the beginning of the year. And this is not impactful, but it's worth noting: uh, Carson Wentz officially on injured reserve. He's going to be out for the next four games, broken ring finger. So Carson Wentz is going to be done for the next four weeks. But the more impactful news for you next, uh, this actually tomorrow, um, is the fact that Russell Wilson will not play. Brett Ripon is going to get the start for the Denver Broncos. All right, we move on from there. Let's talk a little bit about what we have seen so far. So some in-game updates first off before we get to some of the big games of the Big 12 that I mentioned. Clemson and Syracuse in-game number courtesy of BetMGM. Oh, off the board. I'll give you an update on when it comes up. Uh, other ones though. Kansas has tacked on a field goal 14 to 3. That score with about 3 minutes left to go in the first quarter. Baylor a 20 and a half point favorite with a total of 61 and a half. and Army UL Monroe, a game that, shockingly enough, we have not given a lot of attention to here to this point. Army is 6.5-point favored in-game with a total of 59.5. They lead UL Monroe 7-3. to three. Cincinnati had a 4th and short on a 4th and goal situation. I think there was a penalty, though, so they're a little bit farther back. They elect to kick a field goal. They are up 3 nothing on the road against SMU. That is a 6.5-point spread with a total of 55.5 in favor of the Bearcats. Houston has opened up a two-touchdown lead over Navy, 14-0 there over Navy right now. In-game numbers, all of these, again, courtesy of BetMGM, 14.5 with a total of 55.5. And, Danny, I'll, I'll pick your brain on this one. Uh, we are watching Ohio State kick off because after giving up a defensive touchdown, or Iowa had a defensive touchdown, C.J. Stroud obliterated, uh, 10-7. to The score here, 28.5 is the spread in favor of Ohio State, total of 61.5.
3: So I know I was kind of hoping Ohio State wasn't going to score so I could get like under 24 on the live line. But, you know, now that's moved up to 28 and a half in the full game total at 61 and a half. I'm seeing how many points will Ohio State record at bet 44 in the hook with some juice to the over minus 120. If If we get something with Iowa, with their team total points, I'm curious to see what that mark is going to be at getting an early touchdown. We know how awful this offense is and Ohio state could easily shut them down. So, okay, well I'm seeing 16 and a half. Ideally, you know, you could get over 17. I feel like that would be the right spot to jump in. If you get 17 and a half, even if I'm laying like, As high as minus 125, I would take that. But right now, JVT 16 and a half. Iowa team total points, unders minus 125. So uh, let's see if they move the ball a little bit and see if we can't get a better spot on betting the under for Iowa's team total.
1: Okay, so Elliot sends over, uh, our producer Elliot sends over this note, going back to the news, if you're just joining us, Brett Rippon's going to start for the Denver Broncos. If Brett Rippon starts for the Broncos and the Jets close as favorites, it will be the first time the Jets are road favorites since week four of 2020 when Rippon made his only other NFL start. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Like it. Good nugget. Again, yeah, I, I'm really fa- – we're not an NFL show. The Jets fascinate me because I think they are – uh, whatever. We'll, we'll save that for tomorrow's show. We'll save it for tomorrow. All right, let's get to some of the games we're going to talk about later today. Texas and um, Oklahoma State. So I'll give the floor to you for this one first, Danny. Your thoughts on Texas. We talked about this last week, right? The market seems to really like Texas. It's moved on them each of the last few weeks. Didn't get there against Iowa State. They won, uh, but never never came close to covering, what was it, 16, half Now they're a six-point favorite here on the road with a total of 58.5.
3: It, this one's a really tough one to gauge. I mean, you don't, and this really doesn't even have anything to do about what happened last week. I'm curious if some people are a little bit scared of that because of how vulnerable Texas looked, JBT. But, you know, when you're going roster versus roster, quarterback versus quarterback, Texas should be the better team. And I think the line is put pretty appropriately with them laying six in this spot. Uh, Can you do anything great defensively if you're Texas? I know that their defense has stepped up this year and has really done a great job. I mean, shutting out Oklahoma, even though they were banged up. 49-0 is a huge victory. But, you know, Oklahoma State, once they kind of get in a rhythm and early on, that's when they can really control the tempo of the game. They want it to be kind of higher speed and control that tempo offensively. So if Texas can get some stops early on, I think they can really take control themselves and probably win this game by double digits. But again, you got to ask yourself, what do you expect out of this Texas defense? Because Look, they can move the ball, Oklahoma State. I mean, I know sometimes we like to, you know, kind of give grief to Sanders, but JVT, he's been pretty solid this year. 13 uh, touchdowns, almost said the word you hate. Almost did it. I caught myself. And then just three interceptions. So, uh, look, in the passing game, Oklahoma State can get a lot of work going for them in that side of the ball. And typically, they have a pretty good running game. Not as great this year as they have had in years past. But um, I think Oklahoma State will probably keep it close early on. but then. Texas will end up breaking away and get some big touchdowns toward the end of the third beginning of the fourth quarter.
1: What was that? What is, is you don't want to say you hate, is that a crutch or something you're trying to avoid?
3: No, 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 no. The, the word that starts with a T that you said, we can't say.
1: Oh, okay, good, good. Okay. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm glad I did not catch that. Uh, I should also probably <laughs> be listening a lot better. Um, I think so. What I'm really interested to hear. So Oklahoma state has been a team in a couple of these matchups that has been outgained by some of their opponents and I think we view Oklahoma state like the collectively uh, as a team that is a little bit better defensively than it really is. If you look at some of the metrics for them, Dan, like EPA numbers, they're actually 88th in the country against the past. It's not very good. Uh, their bottom half of uh, not bottom half. I think they're like 60th or something against the run. Uh, it has not been really a team that has defended as we, especially last year, they were really solid last year. It's not been the case this year. I do wonder if Quinn Ewers against a pass defense, which, uh, I think is a little bit more susceptible than people might think is going to have some success. Like I kind of agree with the market move here. I'm just really curious how Quinn Ewers is going to perform. Cause I I would say that, would you agree with the thought that Texas faced a better defense last week in Iowa state than they did this week, than they're doing in this week against Oklahoma state?
3: No, I would agree with that. Iowa state's got a tremendous defense year in and year out. We always know Matt Campbell's got his group ready to go regardless of with the competition is, and yeah, Texas was really shut out early in that game, and they just proved that they could kind of handle that adversity by coming back, even yeah. though it was an ugly win. Iowa State's not an easy team to walk over, so uh, if anything, yeah, maybe that gives you a tad bit more confidence knowing that Oklahoma State's defense is not going to be as stiff as Iowa State's was last week.
1: All right, so no real score updates to give you at this point right now as we're looking around the landscape. Tennessee, I guess we'll update – Uh, There's no in-game number, at least on my screen over at BetMGM, but Tennessee has taken a 14-7 lead over UT Martin, and they do have the ball back, 3.30 left to go uh, in the first quarter. And I want to update, too, because we were on this. Uh, It is official, and uh, it is official that uh, I will be having a teaser with the Denver Broncos on it. Broncos are a -a one-and-a-half-point underdog right now uh, with a total of 37 as Brett Rippon is going to get the start. Um, So there will be another teaser leg thrown in somewhere. Uh, i got to find another leg I want to use, but – yeah, I'll take seven and a half. I'll tease up seven and a half with Brett Ripper of the Denver Broncos against New York Jets. So, is wow.
3: it is it a play? Uh, I just want to ask you, half serious, half kidding. Uh, is he going to be an upgrade from Wilson, or will the offense just at least be a little uh, smoother, conducted in a better way? Uh,
1: you know what? I have a theory on this. We'll, we'll expand on. it when We come back. We don't have that much time, so we can mention it one more time. Actually, we're going to have uh, Barrett Saley's going to join us, but we'll talk about it uh, because they do think that there's something to be said about this offense. All right. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more big picture in college football. Barrett Saley's going to join us next.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: This is live bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you get your stake back at free bets up to $25. Just log into your account, download the app, sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game, and if you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets for site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We roll on here on Live Bet Saturday. And uh, I believe that uh, DJ Uyungle was just picked off on the sideline. And we'll see if that is the case. And It does look like that is so. So Syracuse is going to take over after a strong touchdown drive. Let's bring in Barrett Salee, who I actually saw was tweeting about this uh, just a couple of minutes ago from CBS Sports Network. Barrett, thank you for the time here. Uh, we are early, but strong start for Garrett Schrader. Syracuse picks off DJ U, and it's early, but Clemson kind of uh, on dangerous territory right now.
5: Yeah, I was, I'm concerned with their defense so far. Through two drives, you mentioned Garrett Schrader's looked good. I think the first drive, uh, Dino Babers did a great job mixing in swing passes with Sean Tucker and then design runs with Schrader. And then the second drive gave it all to Garrett Schrader through the air. So I think the, the script so far for Syracuse has worked to, uh, exactly the way they wanted uh, with the exception of the missed field goal. Uh, at the end of the first drive, but they they are gashing Clemson's uh, Clemson's defense, which uh, you know that that's surprising to me because I thought that the defensive line would be able to get pressure on Schrader, and they really haven't.
1: If I could build on this real quick, like so, we're we're talk- we're watching this early, uh, the Wake Forest game, which is like the worst we like since Clemson's kind of been on this run. That's the worst they looked, and still they won that game. But we saw in that Wake Forest game, Barrett, we saw a little bit in some big plays with Louisiana Tech, I think it was. Is there any worry about this defense big picture-wise as we move forward? Because I think you could kind of explain it away with some injuries to them, uh, but this has been kind of a consistent theme for them.
5: It has. And and I think, um, to me, I thought the first, uh, initially it was Brian Brazee's absence for a couple games with what happened to his sister. Uh, but – even now that he's back, it's, it's just like this is not the, the, the Clemson defense that I expected and certainly not the one that I saw firsthand in the opening game of the season against Georgia Tech. Uh, so I don't know if there's if – there's, you know they just haven't been able to get the pressure and, and get their identity back once Brazil got back in the lineup. But it is not – it has not functioned. It has not looked the way that I thought it would look.
3: Hey, Barrett, I want to move a little bit later down the slate into the SEC, a fascinating matchup and really a true test for both teams, LSU and Ole Miss today. Uh, we saw Ole Miss open as high as about 2.5 as the road favorite, but this line has now come down to a pick'em. Even in some spots, you're seeing the Tigers as a slight favorite. What do you make of this game? What's really going to be the biggest impact for either team that you're going to be looking out for?
5: The biggest thing to me is Is Ole Miss's defensive front, their front seven, because we can sit here and talk about how Ole Miss's defense is trash and whatever, and that's been the case for a couple years. This year, it's not. This year, to me, they you know they lead the SEC in tackles for loss per game, and if they're going to create havoc plays and put Jaden Daniels in some third and seven, third and ten spots, that's that's not ideal for uh, for Daniels. So. I think to me, that's what I'm looking out for is does Ole Miss defense get in the backfield and, and cause Jaden Daniels to, to run for his life, which was you know, part of the reason he had three running touchdowns last year was because his offensive line struggled. So I'm surprised Ole Miss uh, is not a you know, significant favorite in this game. I think maybe we're looking too much at what Auburn did to the Rebel defense last week and what LSU's offense did to Florida. And both of those things have sort of been the
1: anomaly. So, our producer Elliot walked into the studio, Barrett, today, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, I heard about this crazy scenario about four SEC teams in the college football playoff. Uh, one of those four would be, I think we know what the obvious three are. The other would be Ole Miss. I don't want to talk about that theory, but I do want to talk about the actual possibility of having a Tennessee-Georgia-Alabama playoff with whatever the fourth team may be. As you see these schedules, and right now, Tennessee, we should note, just scored going out of the first quarter, so they're up 21-7 over UT uh, Martin. What do you make of the thought that this could be a college football playoff in which we see three SEC teams? How viable do you think that is? Is that realistic?
5: Uh, it's you know I think it's certainly out there, and and I think the biggest thing would be um, you know what does what does Georgia do to Tennessee? Because if Georgia is able to um, to beat Tennessee, then you know you're looking at a at a bulldog team that could go into the SEC championship game undefeated, but lose to one-loss Alabama or, or one-loss Ole Miss. So, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a scenario that it exists, but I, I just think it's too early to talk about you know scenarios for college football playoff because there's you know still you know just just under half the season left, and and you know I think in in this day and age it does matter if you have a conference championship. We haven't really had a conversation at the end of the season that factors that in all that much. But I think we, we could. And if that's the case, getting three SEC teams in is very unlikely because the committee understands that, A, that would, that would make a lot of folks mad uh, right. outside of the SEC footprint. But, B, it would kind of go against their the criteria that they set forth for themselves.
3: Hey, Barrett, looking at another spot later today, uh, JVT and I were talking about this, and I think, again, a team that's certainly going to be battle-tested is going to be the Texas Longhorns, right? I mean, Quinn Ewers, uh, a little bit uh, shut down last week, although they did get the win. It was a tough environment going against Iowa State. Campbell's always got his squad looking tough defensively. Now you're taking on Sanders and this Oklahoma State team on the road. What are you expecting to see out of this matchup
5: later today? You know, I, I want to see Ewers on the road because he hasn't been in a situation like this. And you know, I, I don't. I've I, I, that Oklahoma State stadium. The fans are right on top of you. I mean, it, there are. There, it's about five feet between the edge of the field and the stand. So it is hard to focus if you're a an opposing player. And I don't. I want to see how Coin Ewers handles that. And I, I think. Oklahoma's defense is Oklahoma State's defense is better than folks realize. There's been some moments where it just, you know, kind of falls asleep. But by and large, they generate pressure. Um, they force turnovers. So I think it's going to be a close game. I'm, you know, I'm surprised that that the Cowboys are, you know, six-and-a-half-point underdogs or whatever it is at home. Um, you know, maybe that's you know, too mu- looking too much at what happened last week in the collapse against TCU, but I, I think it's going to be a close one. I, you know, I-, I made the joke on HQ, we have to pick these games, right? Like, we have to pick top 25 games. We- I pick every SEC game, and I picked Oklahoma State, and I flat out said I would never actually bet this game I- because I honestly have no idea. This could go in a variety of different ways. Which makes it one of the more intriguing games of the of the of the weekend, I think.
1: A uh, betting market says there's only one direction that Alabama Mississippi State goes, and that would be in the direction of Alabama. They got bet up yet again. This one was <laughs> 21, a total of 61. Well, what do you make of this? Is this the bloodletting that a lot of people expect? Pissed off Saban coming off of a loss.
5: Yeah, absolutely, it is, and and I think also, you know, we kind of looked at last week against Tennessee. You know, obviously Jalen Hyatt had a huge game over the top, right? Um, and so, you know, I think at first glance, people that aren't necessarily thinking too much about it, are like, oh, Mississippi State throws it all over the place, they match up well. They they really don't. They match up terribly because everything is going to be in front of that Alabama secondary. That's how Mississippi State operates, and that I think is um, it's going to prevent them from being able to uh, to try to take advantage of Alabama's weakness and. I think Mike Leach is smart enough to try to incorporate some of the things that Tennessee does, but it's so far outside of their comfort zone and outside of Will Rogers' comfort zone that I don't know if they can execute. And, and so I think uh, the combination, like you mentioned, pissed off Alabama, plus just a, a roster that's not necessarily built to take advantage of, of what Alabama's weakness is, is going to lead to, uh, like you said, a, a bloodletting in Tuscaloosa. All
1: right, so. Right, fair one. Go ahead, ahead JBT. No, Danny, you got 90. Go ahead.
3: Okay, yeah, Barry, I was just going to say really quick. So uh, I'm a Big Ten guy myself, and I know outside of Ohio State and Michigan, people may not be as tempted to watch any of these games. But I think a really fascinating one is Penn State and Minnesota. Uh, the line move kind of yeah. went to Penn State, now coming back down a little bit. I-, I feel like Penn State's in a really good position here. Minnesota hasn't looked solid the last two weeks. What do you think can there with the Nittany Lions back at home?
5: Well, you know, Looking at the history of James Franklin's teams at Penn State, if they get you know beat in a big game, um, you know whether it be Michigan or Ohio State, whatever, it, they generally let that beat them again. You know whether they they suffer a two-game losing streak or just sleepwalk through the next one. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case this week. Uh, Minnesota, they're banged up. Their offense is essentially Mo Ibrahim, which you know he's great, but you know with Tanner Morgan and his health situation it's just I it's hard to trust Minnesota that said I don't necessarily trust Penn State's offense either so uh, I would definitely consider the under but I I don't think Minnesota's going to have much
1: Barrett it's good to talk to you thank you very much for the time appreciate it Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Barrett Sully, college football analyst at CBS Sports. All right, we have an injury on the field over in Clemson, Syracuse. A Syracuse defender down with apparent knee injuries. We'll give you an update on who it is and what's going on there and some score updates all around the world of college football as we enter the second hour of Live Bet Saturday here on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: work.